and welcome back welcome back everybody to the pre-admission game lovely to have you all here with us for our week-long event the meet the leads mm-hmm. and we're here today with a freshly minted section three lead chris yes that's right chris of podcast fame nearly a year later isn't it chris yeah almost exactly almost exactly to the day since uh we launched the killer podcast where chris talked be, about it might be this week yeah. this this week the <laughs> anniversary yeah. But Chris talked about scoring a phenomenal 89 on the GAMSAT, and now we've managed to drag the legend back into the recording studio. So we're pretty thrilled about that, aren't we, Mitch? Yes, we are. And actually, we're, we're here celebrating. Uh, Chris, you've, you've had a recent offer. Yeah, yeah. I got, um, got an offer from Deakin, which is pretty, pretty sweet. It's going to be currently house hunting to, to try and get down in Toowong and start an, start an endowment, which will be fun. Cheers. Congratulations. Oh, thank you. Very uh, jealous. So, yeah, oh, yeah, and the house prizes are probably much better than... Much more beautiful than anything we get in Melbourne, that's for sure. <laughs> so, uh, today, Chris, we are going to be talking predominantly about Section 3 physics. Mm-hmm. That's right. As that is what you are the resident expert in. Um, I suppose, but before we go down that track for, for our listeners, um, we want to talk to you just a little bit about your journey so far. Mm. Yeah. And, you know, don't, don't hold back. We know that you have a very interesting story. Yeah, so hit us with it. Um, yeah, so it's a, it's a bit of a long one, pretty non-traditional. I started out like most people do, kind of just being like, oh, I'm kind of interested in medicine. Did fairly well in high school, um, but was still pretty unsure about what I wanted to do. So like all good un, unsure people, I went and did a science degree. Mm-hmm. And then um, got scared off the idea of medicine. It seemed way too intimidating. I didn't have like the, the confidence and surety that I it was actually what I wanted to do mm-hmm. so I decided oh yeah I'll just do engineering instead that'll be much better it wasn't but I stuck with it did um, my bachelor's in science majoring in engineering then my master's of uh, biomedical eng um, finishing in 2016 got to the end of it like, and while I, I learned a lot I was absolutely burnt out and I really didn't enjoy it too much at the end <laughs> uh, so I took a, a gap year that ended up being far longer than a year so I, I up work as a ski instructor and um as all you know young yeah, exactly. runaways do at some point yeah most of my friend my friendship group most of them did phds um some went into consulting and i became a ski instructor yeah you did a phd in slopes <laughs> phd in powder almost, almost. um i wish they did that <laughs> uh yeah and then did that sort of flew around the world a bit um Met a lot of people, did a lot of teaching. So what did you visit? You, you have quite a list of, of slope countries that you, you yeah, racked so up. so I've actually now skied everywhere in, in Australia, which is kind of cool. Um, but I was working at Falls Creek and uh, did a season overseas in Canada. And then I uh, did a couple of seasons in Japan on the main island, mm. sort of to the west of Tokyo. Um, yeah, very nice. One year, got my first season there, got like 20 metres of snow for the season, which was pretty cool. That's insane. It was, the shoveling was ridiculous. Um, <laughs> not a great way to come home after a long day and then have to dig out two metres of snow from the balcony. Oh, oh. Flashy, but Crazy. It was a really good time and um, would have kept going, honestly, but um, it turns out global events conspired to send us back to Australia. And, um, <laughs> what are the slopes like mid-COVID? Um, honestly, fairly busy. Uh, really? Like, why, well, it sort of died off a little bit, and then um, like we had a lot of guests come over from mainland China, expats and, and locals and that sort of thing. Hmm. That sort of t- tapered off pretty quickly, um, and then it kept tapering off, and we just sort of, in the background, we hear all the, the news of stuff, and like, all the different countries are like, 
gradually increasing their restrictions on international travel and then pretty much the day that um, the DFAT said, hey, like, please don't be overseas, we were called into a meeting and it's like, oh, by the way, um, go back to your room, call, uh, book a flight as soon as you can out of Tokyo and, and we'll get you there. And so the next day I was in an airport in Tokyo for 20 hours waiting for a flight. Crazy. But yeah, made it, honestly, it worked out really well. Um, got back the day they closed, the night they closed the border to foreign residents. Wow. Uh, before they introduced like hotel quarantine. So yeah. I got to do two weeks at home, had about a week out, and then it all started um, in Melbourne last year. And, and now you're in med. Well, yeah. <laughs> much, um, yes. Something, something, Gamsat 89. So, yeah. so, I mean, it's a pretty like weird scenario because having basically no work because it's all ended because of COVID and then not being in uni, not working because we were all trapped at home, mm. there was kind of nothing else to do but study. And so it was actually kind of nice in a way. You could go, okay, I'm just going to set a routine for myself and just follow that routine each day and you kind of lose track of what day it is and then eventually there's an exam. Mm. So how many times did you sit the GAMSAT? What was your sort of GAMSAT journey then? Yeah, so that, I mean... I only sat at that once last September. Mm. Um, however, at various points while I was sort of since graduating university and before I ended up sitting it, I had thought about doing it. Like I'd, I'd, take, I'd bought like a textbook thing for it and mm. took that with me to, to the ski season. Terrible idea. I was never going to study. You took a Gamsat textbook to the ski season? Yeah, because it was like... How did it fit in your in your life? Isn't, isn't, doesn't that book weigh like 12 kilos? Yeah, you mean that you infamous just, you one book. That, that one book. Isn't, isn't yeah. that book a doorstop? <laughs> that doorstop? Much, yeah. Yeah. Or, or a club. Yeah. <laughs> or a club. For, a, for an unruly ski patron. Yeah, <laughs> um, <laughs> You'd never, Chris. Uh, yeah, so like I, I was ambitious and hopeful that I would like have the, I guess, self-control to sit down and study while everyone else was having fun. Mm. Didn't turn out to, to happen the way. I think I spent the entire season under my bed. And then... And it never came out. And, well, yeah, because it was <laughs> just like, there's too much going on. Like I was training for certifications and, and that sort of thing. And I was just like, no, this is actually really fun. I really enjoy it. I'm just going to keep doing it for a bit. So, so the reason why we're giving Chris a platform, sorry, Mitch, I'm going to... No, I, you go. I'm, I'm going to let you finish. No, but um, <laughs> the, the reason why we're sort of giving Chris this platform, God, that sounds horrible. The reason why we're having a chat about sort of uh, Chris's life beyond the scope of, of GAMSAT and, and med and physics is because we know that a lot of you guys are really concerned how, you know, how would you balance work life and GAMSAT? How do you, you know, can you get back into GAMSAT if you've taken a break from uni, if you've done a bit of, of professional development, you know, maybe you've taken a break from science, maybe you've never had a background in science. We have a perfect example of somebody who's at a very, initially at a very high tier, you know, with, a, with an engineering master's, taking a couple of years off, you know, 180 degrees, hitting the slopes, and then coming right back in and with a schedule with the sort of appropriate dedication and commitment i guess and a lot of time and a lot of time that's probably the big thing time exactly i just had like infinite free time to to spend however i Mm. desired which but within like limitations right we're not talking about 20 years right we're we're talking about a fixed time period i i mean i guess what i'm trying to, to illustrate here is that um, you, you can go, again, I don't want to use the language zero to hero because you were never at zero, but we're talking about, you know, getting yourself together from non-GAMSAT ready to be incredibly GAMSAT ready yeah. within a fixed time period. It's very possible we have somebody sitting in our studio today who's done it. So mm. you can do it. It can be done. Yeah. yeah. And obviously, Chris, 
uh, was an extremely high performer. You don't have to do as well as Chris did in the Gamsat. Well, Chris straight. had near infinite time, right? <laughs> he did have near infinite. So if you are just you know a mere mortal such as such as me or Aaron, and you you know don't have infinite time, and just just rest assured that you don't have to get an eighty nine. You know you can you, anything you know in the, in the realms of you know what sixty five to seventy sort of now is that is that realistically where we're we're hoping maybe seventy one seventy two. Yeah, I mean I, I haven't seen too much about what what things look like this year. Um, looking at some anecdotal stuff, a lot of people it, it seemed quite competitive compared to previous times. But as to whether that's like now, I guess everybody had quite a bit of time, right? Um, but yeah, potentially. Mm. Um, yeah, all sorts of stuff and um, lots of weirdness, lots of uncertainty. Mm. Like, I know GPAs have been calculated differently based on different places. And mm. Definitely and that sort of thing. And, but the moral of the story is, it is possible. Absolutely. I mean, I believe so. Like, I kind of have to, right? I, I don't want to... You're sort of professionally locked into that belief, right? <laughs> yeah, because I mean, otherwise it's, it's kind of like, well, if it, if it is that sort of binary, you do or you don't, then any amount of training wouldn't matter. And that, I don't think that's accurate. It's not it's what not I've seen based mm. on chatting with students. It's not what I've seen in skiing, right? Like, if mm. a lot of people say, oh, I can't, I can't ski. It's like, well, you've never tried it. How could you know? Mm. And then a lot of the time, there's there's some other little thing going on in the back of their mind or or, or whatever, which, and you, you kind of just go with them and go, oh, actually maybe that's not so much of a big thing. And then at the end of it, they go, oh my god, this is so much better than I imagined. It's actually fun as opposed to just terrifying. Yeah. Mm. Um, and I, I try to carry that with me in in, in gap set teaching as, as kind of silly as it, as, as it seems. Where oh, like a lot of people come into physics, especially having either very little exposure or kind of negative exposure, um, mm. be it with maths in high school uh, or just physics in general, like, oh, it's the big, scary, mathsy one. And with, yeah, it's, you sort of become a little bit more familiarised with the way it kind of fits together. It is a little bit different to, I'd say, bio in particular, but also chemistry as well. Mm. Um, and it just sort of runs on its own little little way, but once you kind of get into it, it's, yeah, oh, okay, it's, it's physics. It, it does its thing pretty good. So that's a great segue. So I suppose tell us a little bit. I, you've you've alluded to um, to physics as a thing, but you know, tell us about from a student who's starting to think about GAMSAT. They're thinking about their preparation. You know, how do they go about considering physics section three? Yeah. So I'm gonna start by talking about maths because I think it's one of the first things that is gonna cross people's mind in that situation. How maths dependent is it? It is to an extent. Like, it is probably the most mm. directly maths-heavy of, of the three in Section 3. Mm. But comparing it to chemistry, you think of pH calculations or any sort of equilibrium or anything like that. Mm. Mathematically, it's actually far more complicated than most of the physics that you actually, quote-unquote, need to know to get into GAMSAT. Mm -hmm. uh, I kind of like physics in the respect that there's a pretty hard limit on the concepts they can bring up because it gets really, really complicated really, really quickly once you start going beyond kind of the, the sort of, I, I believe Asa described it as sort of like a, a year 12 standard. Mm. Once you get past there, you need so much more detail to understand stuff that it's not practical to, to either understand in advance or get across in a STEM. So you kind of go, oh, the, the trick becomes uh, connecting all the different topics within sort of the, the I guess the, the year 12 kind of GAMSAT space. 
Yeah, well, so it's like a known quantity. So you know... A little bit. I mean, I would say so. Obviously, there's always going to be some weird ones, but they ultimately boil down to concepts that are relatively consistent and straightforward. Which is a good thing, because, I mean, with biology, there's just an infinite number of things that they exactly. could test you on, isn't yeah, there? Yeah, they could just bring out some brand new study that's just been done in some esoteric field and just be like, surprise, here's some data, interpret it. Yeah. And, like, you'll have terminology you've got to familiarise yourself with, statistics which you may not be particularly familiar with, uh, and then just all this other stuff, and you're just going, and the, the clock's ticking the whole time. Mm. Um, and the same with, like, organic chemistry as well. There's just an infinite number of reactions they can just throw out there. Definitely. And because it's really just electrons moving around. Mm. I mean, at a... At <laughs> allegedly. <laughs> allegedly, allegedly, yeah. <laughs> uh, chemistry, don't yell at me. Um, like, the, there's so much more complexity there and ways to confuse you, whereas physics is kind of repackaging the same ideas in, mm. in a way that some of the others aren't. It's, it's interesting that you mentioned that. So th those who have been with the podcast, true followers for a while might remember that, that I have a bit of a bioengineering background as well. And I, I can certainly attest to the fact uh, in, in my experience as well that when you talk about, say, a force in physics, right? A force is a force. It is a very, very defined concept, yeah. right? Whereas if you talk about a cell in biology, okay, well, a brain cell in a human is vastly different to a lung cell in a human. And then you transpose that to like, a butterfly, which the GAMSAT would love to do, or like a horse, yeah. and you're talking about like, yes, you know, there are same basic principles that apply, but it is a completely different beast with a completely different set of functions. Mm. So it's it's very, very, very diverse in biology, whereas, whereas physics certainly, while it's intimidating, like you said, mm -hmm. fixed concepts that can be understood. Yeah, and I would say, uh, yeah, it, it doesn't lend itself, physi rather, physics, doesn't lend itself as well to the approach of I just need to know all the things. It's like having a, a collection of facts in physics is far less useful than knowing like what is like this for? When does it come up? How does it work? How does it work? Exactly. Like, okay, I know a force causes things to move or to accelerate, but knowing that on its own doesn't necessarily help you if you can't identify a force when you haven't been told, hey, this is a force. Mm. Mm. For example, like uh, buoyancy is something that gives a lot of people a lot of trouble because it's not as obvious that there's always a force, there's still acceleration going on, and you just bring it back to that, mm. that, that core thing and go, oh, well, if there's a force involved, then I can do all these other things behind the scenes, mm. then tell me what's going to happen. So I suppose then, to bring it back to preparation, Yes. Yeah. like what... Um, what sort of things a can would, would we at phrases take students through in the physics course yeah. um and what could people who maybe aren't signed up to phrases do by themselves um to try and you know you know aid their own sort of gamsat preparation for physics yeah so for that i'm going to start with the general idea of, and principles first so i would say it's probably the the best way to go is to start with um kind of your a general overview of the different topics that you might need to know, which would probably be just things like forces and motion, um, fluids. Uh, I'm running out of. We we have a, a, yeah, a topic book exactly. that, that will give you Acer's, all of that information online yeah, as well. By the exactly. way, guys, Acer publishes uh, a bit that sort of covers it, and um, mm. any sort of uh, overview of sort of high, uh, Year Twelve physics will, will be pretty much exactly the, the scope of it. Mm. And just go through and go, okay, like, have I seen any of these words before at all? What do I know about them? Just kind of familiarize yourself with just yeah. the, the whole span of, of what you need to know. And then I guess 
most sort of texts are structured in a way that it starts with sort of the basic stuff of horses, usually the heart of it, and then branches off that as you go. Mm. And I think going through there and the, the main thing I would suggest to people is to try and expose yourself to the ideas and then try to understand how they fit together. So instead of just going, okay, F equals MA, I just need to remember F equals MA. That's like the whole thing I need to remember. It's like, well, okay, well, what does that actually mean? How can I explain that in words? Yeah. And a great way to do that is to find someone who will listen to you, um, be it a, a family member, a friend, a loved one, uh, a pet, a, an empty <laughs> call, like anything like that is, is totally fine. Mm. And just try to explain it in the simplest language you can. Explain it to a five-year-old, explain it to a 10-year-old, explain it to a, a year 10 science student, mm. and then explain it to someone you're starting with. So it's and just then, like fully integrating. Yeah, because then you go, oh, well, it, you start to think about, oh, oh, this thing is actually really, really similar to this other thing. Maybe there's a connection there. So, oh, when this, this ball that I get pushed, that I like hold on the water or whatever, when I let go, it shoots into the air. Why is that? Oh, it's because of this other stuff that I've, I've kind of seen a little bit before. And don't get, especially if you're not coming from a, uh, a comfortable background in math, don't worry too much about the maths of it, especially mm. at first. You use the, the maths at the end is kind of like a, a way of describing it and saying, oh, this much of this is, is happening. But the idea is still there regardless of, of mm. how the maths is, is playing out for you. Mm. And I suppose if you understand the concept really well, you can almost predict the variables that you're exactly, going to need. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. You, you'll sort of read through like at, at sort of the, the tail end of it in an exam setting and you'll see, you'll start reading through the stem and you'll see ideas come up and you go, okay, I know how these sort of link together. You see a graph of this and this and you see a formula of this and this and you go, okay, well, this is in, in the graph there and the question's about this other thing so I can kind of connect the dots there. Definitely. So we've been chatting to our section one lead, Meg, uh, earlier. You might have caught that episode in our, the first episode, uh, Meet the Lead series. And she was talking about the bridging course and how the purpose of the bridging course, certainly in section one and to a certain degree in section three, is to literally bridge you from wherever you are in, in your life, in your, in your understanding of section wherever one. Wherever you are in your ski slope. In your ski slope, exactly, to bring <laughs> back the, the, the metaphor, uh, to the standard that you sort of need to, to play the GAMSAT leagues. Would you agree with that, Chris? Yeah, I would say sometimes I see a lot of people of, under the impression that you need to have 100% understanding of everything that gets covered in the bridging course before mm. you get into the GAMSAT sort of question space. I would say that if you can kind of fumble your way through an explanation of those concepts that have been introduced, like for section one, like what is uh, like an evaluation kind of like style of question? What is the idea of like a poem? That mm, sort of mm. uh, for section three, like what is a force? What is what is acceleration? That, those kind of things. Mm. If you can kind of get your way through that, even if it's not smooth or comfortable, get into some questions. Uh, jump on a question bank, look up some some practice questions, and just try your hand at it. You'll realize it'll expose the things that you maybe need to brush up on, but it'll also tell you what you're actually more confident at than you or rather more skilled at than you think you are. Mm. I think that's a, a really good thing. Instead of sort of setting this this gateway up for yourself where you're like, I need to be 100% ready for this. Because mm. you're never going to feel 100% ready. Absolutely. It's always going to feel incredibly uncomfortable uh, no matter what. Like sitting, going into the exam for me was terrifying. Going into section three was terrifying. Mm. Walking I, out was awesome. I think, you've, I think you brought up a really good point there. Sorry to cut you off about um, the, you know, being reflective in, in your learning. And I think uh, we, we have discussed this earlier as well, but section three does also have a question log that's also freely available online. 
um, on the Fraser's website. Just you should, if you can, you know, definitely download that. Um, and then, you know, as you're going through your questions, as Chris said, you know, just start to think about what elements of the question are you, you know, not really understanding or what went wrong for you in that particular question so that you can write that issue and, and then ultimately improve from there. Yeah, definitely. I, I think the, the big thing that I try to do, and this is definitely uh, coming back to the way we're taught to sort of teach in the scheme, is that knowing what you're doing wrong doesn't actually fix anything. Mm. You have to come up with a plan to then fix it. So uh, one of the things I often tell people is to, like, once you've done some questions, could be five, ten, just one, whatever, look back over it and go, okay, where did I, tell yourself a story of what happened. Like, so I started reading the stem and then I you know, kind of made sense and I got to the question and then I kind of made sense and I found some stuff, came back, and then somewhere along the way, something's gone wrong, right? Because it hasn't gone well. Or mm. as well as you'd like. Mm. Uh, maybe that thing is that you got it wrong. Maybe it's that it, you got it right, but it took heaps of time. That sort of thing. Try to work out exactly the step, or as close as you can to, to where it was. Okay, I read. I knew I had to read the graph, but I misread the scale, and so the number I got out of it, when I put it into the formula, it all it all didn't go well. Mm. If you just look at okay, there was a, a graph, a formula, and my maths was wrong. Especially if you're coming from maybe a less strong maths background, our instinct is to automatically say, I'm not good at maths and that's why I got it wrong. Mm. But if you just put the wrong number into a formula, you're not going to get the right answer, even even if all your maths is correct. So your maths could actually be totally fine and you could then go and spend a bunch of time fixing something that isn't broken. So go back in and go, okay, well, what did I do? I had to read the graph. How did I actually do it? Well, I misread this. How can I stop myself from doing that again? And my strongest advice is to like have a checklist of, of things that you run through at each stage of doing a question and build it up over time. So when I have to look at a graph, I'm going to make sure that I check my, my axes before I read stuff. Mm. Before I use a formula, I'm going to make sure that uh, all of my units are correct, stuff like that. And that just will address a lot of those really small mistakes that crop up all the time. And like over the 75 questions of section three, you could get like five to 10 extra questions right. Cause it, and it took you half a second each just to be like, oh, this is in, in milliseconds, not seconds hmm. or, or something like that. I think you, you've touched on a very important point. Got, we got to stop saying that. I think we, we say that like 20 <laughs> times now. So everybody touches all the important points. You it's almost said, like we're interviewing leads right now. Isn't it? <laughs> it's almost like everything they're saying yeah. is, 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 a, is a gem and you should listen to it carefully. and Hang off every word. <laughs> literally. Uh, but you mentioned something, like, like I said, I'm, I'm very passionate about sort of physics and, and mathematics. And you mentioned something that um, I've encountered with quite, with quite a few students when teaching those sort of two, two things that makes me quite angry when I hear it. Um, angry. I'm a very passionate person. I get very angry. Viscerally get, angry. Oh, yeah, like viscerally, just I, my insides boil. <laughs> when people say I'm bad at maths, um, that's a ridiculous statement. Not because I believe that everybody is, is great at maths, like people are less or more inclined to numeric reasoning, but because it's a, it's a silly statement. What do you mean you're bad at maths? Like you're bad at recognizing numbers on a page or you're bad at understanding what a linear equation is? Are you bad at understanding what a fraction is? But you need to be, when you, when you make those sort of statements when you're saying, oh, I got this question wrong because I'm bad at maths. Well, you mentioned before, you know, be specific. Is it mm. the axes? Is it the logarithmic graphs that I'm struggling with? 
find out what it is exactly that you don't understand because I find that sort of attitude very, very lackluster. You're never going to improve. It's kind of like... It's, it's, it's overly you know? vague. Like, yeah, it's mm. like, oh, I'm bad at cells. What do you mean you're bad at cells? You're learning biology. <laughs> you know, which yeah. aspect of the cell are you, quote-unquote, bad at? It's, yeah, and like one of the things yeah. I struggled with in mm. my preparation was that I would frequently misplace like uh, negative signs in, in my working out. Mm. So like in the kinematic, kinematics equation, Hmm. Uh, one of them so one of them has like two AS in it hmm. every time I would go to the next line I would lose the two or I would lose like a negative mm. or something like that right. and and you have an engineering degree yeah I've, you're not like, bad at maths yeah like it's hmm. it's just like a thing that you just and now I just double check and I make sure it's all in yep. line and like lined up so I know mm. that this number's become this and this number's become this so hmm. it's, it's very easy to work out where I've gone wrong hmm. instead of spending five minutes doing this calculation getting to the end, realizing my, none of my answer doesn't line up with any of the options mm-hmm. and going either, oh, stuff this, I'm, I'm moving on, or worse, restarting it all and spending another few minutes. Yeah, and cool. I can, I can go back and go, okay, this is where I was wrong. So to sum up, it sounds like we need to, like the students need to make sure that they have foundations sorted. They need to be staying pretty much, like they need to, once they have a grounding understand, yeah. grounded understanding of the foundations, don't agonize too much about getting it all no. there. Just make sure that you're, kitted up enough to go and start tackling questions and because physics is this known sort of quantity this sort of beast that we can you know see and that's the uh you know the year 12 sort of equivalent Mm. physics syllabus they should hit the questions and be sort of diagnostic in working out what exactly they're doing wrong so that they can write it yeah yeah so we've we've just touched on another important point touched (laughs) on the point um no, we, we mentioned this this thing that physics is sort of these two beasts rolled into one a little bit. There's the conceptual aspect and there's the mathematical aspect. Mm. And I guess with the conceptual aspect, it's a little bit cut and dry in that you can download the phrases syllabus, you can open a year 12 textbook if you're really masochistic, right? And just read the whole thing back to back. And let's say you theoretically memorized all of it <laughs> at infinite time. Yeah. Let's theor- hypothetically, yeah. right? Yeah. But that is only 50% of the story. So to the people that, let's say, you know, in high school did no maths or did very, very little maths, didn't do any maths in university, and they're more or less comfortable with, you know, understanding that, God, I don't know, the force is the thing that makes stuff move. What is it that they can do and maybe the humanities students can do to get the maths up to scratch? So I'll admit this is like something of a blind spot for me because Mm. I I was quite engaged with maths (laughs) all throughout my study. So it is... I guess, gathered in... So your answer is get a time machine, no, make no. better life decisions. Well, <laughs> if you get a time machine, you've probably got better things going on than uh, being able to improve your GAMSAT scores. But, uh, no, really, that's that's exactly what I would do. Yeah. As a graduating <laughs> doctor, I'd go back and, and bump my score up a couple of points. Time the crypto dips. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Maybe, I, maybe it would be me in that chair, Chris. Maybe it would be Aaron with the, with the 89 <laughs> if I had a time machine. But alas, I just have to interview you. Uh, the, um, yeah, yeah, I think there's... Probably two things I would say. One is don't feel, uh, I guess, bad about wherever you're at. You're at wherever you're at. And the important thing is that you're trying to like develop and, and get better. It may take a bit of time, but that's, that's life. Mm-hmm. The second thing is that for GAMSAT purposes, a lot of the stuff that we learn in mathematics teaching and, and classes and stuff isn't really that useful. Like, you don't need to know the details of, like, functions and graphs and stuff in a lot of ways to be able to go, here's a formula, this number gets bigger, this number gets smaller, and then at the end of the day, I've got, like, a big number of response. Like, it, it, 
trying to go to that level where you kind of go, I don't know all the details, but I know roughly what things mean. I know this, I can rearrange stuff like this, and then this kind of happened. Mm. And you can kind of hand wave your way through it a little bit. One thing that just came to mind, uh, when you are going back and reflecting on, on what you've done, the exact way that you do it, if be it in a spreadsheet or like on paper or just in your mind, doesn't really matter. Stick with whatever works with you. I, if yeah, the being able to do it freely and comfortably is gonna allow you to get the most out of it, as opposed to kind of ticking boxes in a spreadsheet. Mm. For me, I am quite spreadsheet friendly, so I, I was like, uh, after that, my online classes, I was like, doing it all out, and then Chris, you're letting the team down for yourself. Um, and by tapping things into the spreadsheet, he's referring to the uh, the, the phrase is question yeah, log, yeah. obviously. Yeah. Um, but it, you know, as as you said, you know, the the important thing is the reflective process. Yeah. So That's we have an example of a log online, but don't be locked into it. I think is what Mitch is mm -hmm. saying. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Okay. So, Chris, now just shifting the focus towards sort of the gamset exam on the day. You know, like yeah. what advice? I know we've just come from a gamset, but you know, for those who are preparing, thinking it already, you know, getting anxious about the yeah. upcoming a game set in March, mm. uh, you know, like what advice would you have, say, for preparation just before the exam for physics and on the day, sort of physics prep? So I'm going to go a little bit before, just before the exam. Sure. So try to, um, so let's say ACE has just put out, they've just sent out their invitation, their sort of letters that say, oh, you're, you're at this date, this time. For me, it was on my birthday at 7am. Fantastic. I mean, you, you got your birthday <laughs> wish. Yeah, it was, it was awesome. <laughs> Yeah, it was like, okay, so I know I'm going to be sitting the exam in the morning. So I know that at like 8 a.m. I'm going to be doing section one, roughly 9, 9.30 or thereabouts, I'm going to be doing section two. And then later on, I'm going to be doing section three. Try to structure your day around that, that time job as much as you can. Obviously, once for the March game site, you'll be back at uni. So it could be, could be tricky or back at work or, or never left work or whatever. Um, but try to set things up in a, as close as you can to simulate the day. So mm. have, like what, start adjusting your waking up early so it's not a surprise on the day. Mm. Have like a breakfast as you would on the day, et cetera, et cetera. Um, my best advice is to spend the weeks leading up to the exam coming up with a plan. Ideally, it's kind of based on some practice and some feedback, possibly through some mock exams. But um, like you'll find what, your, what works for you in terms of time and comfort. Because those mm. are kind of like the two big things. Uh, if you find that often at the end of like a five-hour exam, you're running out of steam, which is pretty fair, uh, you probably, like, you can kind of think of it in two ways. One is uh, you can either put the stuff you feel less comfortable in that time where you're like, well, I maybe wasn't going to get those anyway, so I'm going to focus my energy on ones where I can get those marks. Mm. The other one is to go, well, I'm going to work on the hardest stuff first when I've got the energy, because I think I can kind of cruise through the ones that are slightly more straightforward as I start to die. Um, <laughs> but, and th so there's no like one way to do it. I think any possible strategy has been attempted and succeeded in and attempted and not succeeded in, in at least equal measures. Um, but yeah. So I was wondering, Chris, when I was doing the GAMSAT back in the in the black and white era, <laughs> 1850s, no, um, seven years ago actually, yeah. when, when, when I was doing it, it was on paper, so it was very easy to use that strategy where you flick through stuff and you pick and choose which questions you do and you strategize. Yeah. 
how is it with the online exam? Is it doable? Can you actually move through the exam and, you know, mark questions and figure out what you want to do first in terms of physics? Yeah, you do have to... to is the in, is it interface different. friendly to that approach, it, I guess? Uh, yes and no. You, you can't just rely on the interface in, in the way that you could just, like, asterisk certain questions on paper or something like that. Right. You kind of have to... Uh, as, as you flick through the, the interface, it sort of says, like, you've, you've seen these questions along the top from my memory. It's been a while. Hmm. Um, so, like, you know, if at the start of the exam you sort of flick through everything, you know, like, this is roughly the shape of, of this exam. It's going to be, like, bio, biochem, biochem, physics, physics, chem, yeah. some nightmare thing that isn't really anything, but it's <laughs> also everything. Um, you can kind of get a, a, an idea of the outlines, and if... Uh, if you think there's like easy wins to, to be had or things to be avoided doing it, I think just marking them on your on your paper is probably the way to go. Mm. So then you can go like, I'm just going to skip this straight away or or whatever. Um, that would probably be my best suggestion if, if that was kind of the way uh, you wanted to go about it. Other ways I, I've seen people go about it is um, sort of looking at the uh, a couple of stems in a, in a row. So you sort of go, okay, open up section three, I'm going to look at the first three, work out which is going to be the hardest, uh, and then I'm going to do that one last of the three. I'm going to work out the easiest, do that one first, and then just go easy, medium, hard. Then you look at the next three, easy, medium, hard. Mm. Next three. That's interesting. Um, yeah, so I think that's a, a really good one. Sort of balances keeping track of your progression because mm. uh, there's no like one answer sheet. I, I never sat the paper exam, but I, my understanding is you had like a, a sheet that you filled out with all your responses. It was a fairly yeah. traditional MCQ exam. Yeah, yeah. Separate paper mm. and yeah. then so a big you question could, booklet. You could just look at your where you're at with answering stuff and know roughly where you're at. It's quite a bit harder to do that in the digital space. Definitely. So uh, for me, I found that just working from the start was, mm. was better because to me the time thing was probably a larger component of, of what was going on in my brain. I think Scott Fraser calls that the CEO approach where you just boss it through the exam yeah, front to back. Yeah, because to me it was like, yeah. okay, well, if I get to question 30 in about, like, however many minutes it's meant to be, mm. um, then I know that I'm roughly on track or if I'm slightly behind, yeah. I've got to, like, maybe... I remember doing that the entire time. I was yeah. just thinking, like, this should be taking, you know, roughly, like, one and a half minutes per question. Mm. I can't exactly remember what yeah. it was, but it was there about. Yeah. And then I would just say, by this point, I should be at yeah, X question. It, yeah, actually... On the, the sort of, I can't even remember, I think it's like 90 minutes or two minutes per question or whatever, whatever it's meant to be, that is an average over the 75 questions. Uh, so there are absolutely going to be questions that will not be doable in that time frame. Mm. Like, there are, like the hardest questions on the exam will take twice that long at least. Mm. Plus all the time you spend like actually reading the stem. And, and, getting and then you realise that all of the questions are that difficult. <laughs> yeah. Damn. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> that's yeah. Um, so I, I think don't uh, don't overthink it. Don't be like, oh, I, I got that one straight away, but it's ni I've ninety seconds to do it. Yep. If you got it straight away, just roll with it. As soon as you, if you back yourself on it, just go. Look, I have this reason for, for doing what I just did. I'm picking this answer. Mm. I'm done. Yep. Never thinking about this question ever again. Ever. Yep. I think you've you, what like the 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 big takeaway I'm getting from, uh, from the your big answer. takeaway. Did he touch on an interesting point, Mitch? <laughs> Many interesting yeah. points, but I. I think the, the thing that was screaming uh, to me was just the need to simulate this exam. Yeah. You need, yeah. like, 
it doesn't matter what your process is or what you set up. You should try a different, like a few different styles of, of answering each que yeah. uh, each, each exam. So you know, like if you want, if you you heard what Chris said, and you think, oh, how how on earth could I do that? You know, give it a crack. You've got a, you, if you're one of our students, you'll have mocks. If yeah. you're if you're not, and you can get access to ACER materials and other other question banks. You know, hit one of them under timed conditions and try these different ways of going through it because then you can work out you know what actually works for you so you're not you know sitting your your wet run you know your your main mm. uh, event yeah you um, want there to be as few surprises as possible on the day absolutely and we keep on saying it's like it seems like that's coming up a lot you know you don't want to be trying something for the first time on your first attempt you know you want this to be like going through the motions mm. and and doing something that you've been you know refining for a long period of time yeah, it's well and good to treat the first GAMSAT sitting as sort of a, I don't want to call it a trial sitting, but but a novel experience. But having said that, just because it's a novel experience, don't treat it like you would a Fraser's Sim or a Fraser's Mock exam where you just pull out a wild card move. You need, you know, you're paying a fairly large amount for this exam. This is a fairly serious exam. The stakes are very, very high. So you want to have at least some especially modicum. In March, especially in March. Mm. Mm -hmm. this, well, for the, for the Aggie case, things, it's the opposite, but... Um, mm. For the Australian ones, it is like the last sitting before an application cycle. And For so a third like year, there's an yep. extra extra set of pressure mm. in, the, in regards to that. Mm. But, um, I, I sat September fully expecting to sit it in mark. Uh, I was like, I'll just go in and see what it's like, and if I'm totally off the mark, then I'm totally off the mark, and I'll just like regroup myself. Mm. Uh, I mourned my, the loss, and then. But then you got eighty nine, and you yeah, got to do a podcast about it. But that like that was a, a ludicrously fortunate position to be in. Mm -hmm. But also, you know, as as ludicrous, ludicrously fortunate, as ludicrously fortunate as it was, the rain in Spain falls mainly in the plane. Um, as as <laughs> quote unquote lucky as you were, yeah. um, it's still. Not like we, we call it luck, but it is the product of hard work, right? We want to yeah. keep reinforcing that to all of our listeners that yeah. that you don't luck into a good score. There is an element of, you know, intellectual giftedness, if you will, right? Mm -hmm. And some people have more of it and some people have less of it. But, you know, it's like Albert Einstein said, God, I feel like an inspiration in, an Instagram page yeah, now. You're pulling them out. Was it the, the harder, you know, the, uh, the harder I work, the luckier I get. That's that's an Albert Einstein quote. We'll find out that I that's really a like fake that. internet. <laughs> You know, some some random person said it and attributed it to Einstein. But yeah, that's I I think that's the way it works. Yeah, and I mean, why would you want to? You know, it's all it's, if it's a numbers game, a probability game. You want to put yourself in the absolute best position possible to do mm. well in every sitting you do. Um, you know, so whether whether you're doing a dry run, you know, if you're if you've got a couple of years up your sleeve before you're doing the gamsat proper, you know, as a third year in March, if you're an Australian, and that's you know how we do it. Um, you know, like, why wouldn't you just try and put your best foot forward and nail it as sort of Chris did in, in September? You know, try and do all your simulations beforehand. So when you come down to any real GAMSAT exam, you have the ability to maximize your potential. Hmm. Well, the other question that I had for you, Chris, is now that we're on a fully digital, um, we're in a digital world, mm. how do you actually use your paper? So I know that when I had yeah. the exam, I wrote on the exam but it's like, I can't rewrite the question on, on the crib sheet, can I? So I need to, like, what did you do with your paper? What do you recommend students do with their paper in yeah. section three? So, yeah, ASA gives you, uh, you get two? two pieces of paper yeah. for each of the combined section one and section two, as well as two for section three. So it's, it's four sheets you in total. four sheets, but you get two at a time. Yep. 
uh, and you don't get new sheets for section two. So mm. you gotta ration yourself, especially in section one. Can you write on the back? Does it? Does so it... yeah, so you, it's the you have like both sides of each sheet. So it's mm. four, four, four A4 sides. God, yeah. I thought you were about to ask if you can write on the table. Like <laughs> can you write on the table? Space, yeah. <laughs> they, They've never said you can't. Yeah, you had so, it but I think it's a permissive <laughs> set. So, uh, they are very explicit that you do not write on your login info sheet. That is like a strictly like you will get kicked out offense. Yeah, mm. interesting. interesting. Yeah, keep that well. <laughs> Jinx. Um, yeah, so one of the, the ways I think, I think it was Weave uh, suggested it was to divide the, the page into thirds and halves, so you get six boxes on each side, mm. obviously not section two. Um, and approximately speaking, you can get about a stem per box uh, for section three, because you would have 24 boxes, give or take three questions per stem, um, you'll, you'll have kind of space across there. That's very sensible. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know how it's going to play out with the changes to section one, what's the space? Um, Mm. Oh, that's that's okay. That's not for you to worry about. That's not, that's <laughs> um, uh, yeah, so I think that's and try to setting that limit for yourself in terms of space really kind of forces you to be very deliberate with what you're writing down. You can't just like reproduce the stem on the page. Mm. Mm. So the way I tried to use the stem was or well, not the stem, the my working out paper was a for calculations. Because I can't do that in my mm. in my head. As long as I love being able to do that, and something will happen. The the main thing I see it as being really useful for is as a guide for where to look for things. So as I'm reading through the stem initially, I'm like, okay, like intro intro paragraph. It's gonna it's gonna introduce whatever it's talking about, and then these ideas come up in each paragraph. Mm. This formula has these things going on. These are the the variables on these graphs. Whatever it is. So then when I, I go into my questions and it says, oh, what does, uh, what happens if, like, when is parasitic drag the greatest? Yeah, okay, well, what's parasitic drag? Where did that come up? I go word search it, I refer back to my sheet, go, oh, it's in paragraph two, yeah, done. And now I, I refresh myself on what that means, then I go back to the question, I go, okay, so when is this thing that is in this formula the highest? Mm. Oh, well, that's gonna be big when velocity's big. So when's velocity big? Oh, it's on the graph. Can you word search? Can you like almost? No, like you can't control that. You have to. Okay, they, so you're, they you're lock, they lock out like all, all the okay. All the useless I, I, my ears yeah. pricked up throughout. What? No, but that is a breakthrough. You, you kind of like do it mentally, right? You go. Okay, yeah, I've right. seen, I've seen all the words in, in the stem, and I have like a, a general idea of where topics come up. Mm. And so when I get asked about stuff, I go straight back. Mm. And yeah. that's it's interesting again that you mentioned the word searching because that's literally what we talked about with our section one lead. Word yes. searching is a critical technique to technique to speed reading. Word searching is a critical technique to speed reading to scanning the text effectively to retaining the relevant information yeah. for the stem rather than being overwhelmed with all the words and the mm, formulas. Yeah. Section one, section three, yeah. same technique. Absolutely, I think approaching section one and section three, having the same sort of general game plan makes it less, makes it seem far more familiar, right? Mm. So that way if you're more comfortable, usually people are either comfortable in section three or in section one, mm. if you try to treat them the same, then- You're comfortable like, oh, in both. Yeah, exactly. Like mm. you're at least more comfortable in the one you're less comfortable. Absolutely. And I think that that goes a long way because there's going to be so much detail that you just don't need to know. Mm. Um, for a lot of chemistry kind of style questions, they'll 
have a reaction, but there'll be some little proviso that says, oh, like this reaction doesn't happen when it's basic or, or, or specific or whatever. Mm. We go, okay, well, I'm going to just try to remember that, well, I'm going to write down that the reaction requirements and conditions are in paragraph two. Mm. And then as soon as it says, like, what is the product of this? I go, well, is this the reaction I'm, I know about already? So if it is, cool, okay, I can keep going. Then do any of these other checkboxes not get checked? Oh, and then that answer that says none of the above, you actually get to pick it, which is really good. And you get to know exactly why. You feel really confident. It's great. Mm. Absolutely. Wonderful. Well, I think that's all the questions we had for you today, Chris. Thanks so much for coming in and, and sharing your your wisdom with us once again. We'll make sure to invite you again this time next year. We'll make it an annual Chris event. Um, <laughs> but for all of you listening at home or on the tram, train, during your commute, I hope that was really reassuring specifically because you know physics is such an intimidating topic. But I think based on what we've heard today, really you should treat it no different from any of the other GAMSAT sections. It's not impossible. There's a very clear syllabus. The maths is not overwhelming mm. and it's very, very tailored to the question. And you know whether it be phrases, resources, or Acer resources, or resources from wherever it is that, that you get your your GAMSAT material, right? There's plenty for you to sink your teeth into and then reflect on with a question log of your choosing. Yeah, yeah. wonderful. Good. Well, guys, thank you so much for tuning in to our Section Three Physics Meet the Lead. Um, up next, we're going to be having a chat with our chemistry lead, so stay tuned for that episode. And meanwhile. Good luck with your GAMSAT preparation and hang in there. Whether you're a new listener or a longtime fan of the pre-admission game, if you like what Phrases is about, make sure to get the best deal on the course offers by using the promo code PODCAST2022. That's PODCAST2022. The link is in the show notes.